Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armitstead. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition, and I wanted to put together a podcast of all my different health tips. After 14 years in practice, I have collected quite a few health tips that don't necessarily fit to any of my podcast topics. Plus, I'm actually repeating a few here that I've used in other podcasts because I just find them so beneficial. I thought it would be nice to just have one place where all my health tips are. So get a pen and paper out. You are going to want to take notes on this one and probably listen to it more than once. P.S. Any health advice I give, just check with me or check with your healthcare provider before implementing any. So let's get started. Let's start with the basics because I think sometimes we tend to forget them. Eat as much organic, live, local food as you can. Again, eat as much organic, live, local food as you can. Pesticides are chemicals that I'm constantly helping patients detox from. They just wreak havoc on the nervous system in particular and is a toxin that the liver has to keep detoxing over and over again. We don't want to do anything to the liver to make it have to actually work harder than it already has to. If you can shop at your local farmer's market for the majority of your food, I think that's best. Talk to your farmers, see how they grow and harvest their produce and meat, and see which farmers are doing a better job than others. And this way you know you're getting the food as fresh and live as possible The fresher it is, the more nutrient-dense it is, and again, how local the harvest is, which is really important. That's how our bodies are used to eating. It's also important to rotate foods every four days. I know it's hard when we live alone, but every four days is best. In this way, you would have three different breakfasts, three different lunches, three different dinners. Have it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then start over. So if you eat, let's say, buckwheat, have it Monday and don't have it again until Thursday. This way, our digestive system doesn't have as much stress on it trying to digest the same thing over and over again. And this way, also rotating your foods, you get a variety of nutrients. A lot of the times we eat the same foods over and over again. So I want you to expand outside of your comfort zone And next time you go grocery shopping, really try to find new foods to try. Another one of my health tips, actually, is organic eggs are not the healthiest eggs to eat. Pasture-raised eggs are. Buying eggs are a confusion because there are so many different labels. Cage-free, organic, omega-3 enhanced, pasture-raised. If you see the word organic on a label, including eggs, you might think that the hens who laid the eggs live in better conditions and enjoyed healthier, happier lives, but that's not necessarily true compared to our battery-caged friends. Even certified organic eggs can come from birds who are subject to living in inhumane factory conditions. Certified organic eggs do come from hens that are raised on hormone-free and antibiotic-free organic feed and have access to outdoor areas. But with those living conditions, the chickens are not always at their healthiest to produce the healthiest eggs. 
but with those living conditions, the chickens are not always at their healthiest to produce the healthiest eggs. Pasture-raised, however, are authentic free-range eggs coming from hens raised on grassy pastures. These eggs are visibly more nutritious than eggs obtained from cage-free or confined environments. Free-range producers are not audited by third parties unless the eggs are also certified organic. So make sure you talk to your supplier about the eggs, but pasture-raised eggs would be your best bet for the best eggs ever. The color, flavor, and texture of a pasture-raised egg is distinctly noticeable due to a higher amount of vitamin A, D, E, B12, folate, there's even calcium in eggs, and choline, and a healthy egg will be loaded with omega-3 fatty acids. It truly is a superfood if it's healthy. And if you've never really eaten an egg from a hen raised on sunshine, bugs, and grass, then you're in for a treat. And if you're still not sure exactly how your eggs rate, there actually is a website where you can learn more about the score of your eggs at Organic Egg Brand Scorecard. I will leave a link in the description so you can check it out. I think it's also important now to talk about breathing exercises to boost the immune system. Exercise itself is known to boost the immune system. It also is a great stress reducer. When you exercise, I want you to think about actually exercising your lungs. I never thought about exercising an organ until the coronavirus hit, and pulmonologists shared that it would help preventatively to do deep breathing exercises to strengthen the lungs. So on a daily basis, I want you to do lung exercises to strengthen the lungs, boost the immune system, and reduce stress. It's amazing how one thing can help the body do all that. Make sure that when you do lung exercises, you breathe by first pushing out your stomach, filling the bottom of the lungs first, and then the chest. Don't pick up the chest first when breathing, because when you do, you aren't using your diaphragm to breathe. Yet, the diaphragm is the only breathing muscle in the body. If you're not using it to breathe, then you're using your trap muscles and other shoulder muscles to pick up the rib cage, and that's why so many of us have knots and tension in our shoulders and neck. But if you breathe using the diaphragm, it allows the lungs to expand automatically. The deeper the breath, the more oxygen can come in per breath. The amount of oxygen that we inhale through our breathing influences the amount of energy that is released into our cells. On a molecular level, the progresses of all sorts of chemical and physiological processes help us in so many ways. So I want you to do breathing exercises to actually strengthen the lungs and get more oxygen in per breath to keep the body healthy. My other health tip is I want to go through seven steps that you can do to keep your microbiome healthy. What is your microbiome? It is your gut flora. We want the gut to be healthy. And we do that by these seven steps. One, avoid excess sugary foods. I'm talking about white refined sugar, brown sugar, cane sugar, which all lower the healthy microbiome because sugar feeds 
all bacteria, the good and the bad. It also feeds the yeast. We want to make sure there's not an overgrowth of yeast or candida in the system. If you think you might have candida, it is best to follow a candida diet or get foods muscle tested to figure out what foods are specifically feeding the candida or bad bacteria in your body. Two, get good quality sleep. Quality sleep is key for the intestinal lining to repair and create a healthy gut flora at night. Three, meditation and relaxation. Meditation and quality downtime is important to keep the body at rest and digest mode instead of the stress mode. The stress mode inhibits circulation to the gut, which doesn't allow for a healthy gut flora. If you are new to meditation, a good app to help you learn to meditate and relax is called Headspace. There's lots of other ones out there too. Four, eat foods with fiber. Fiber helps feed the good bacteria and keeps them healthy. Vegetables, fruit, psyllium, flax, beans, all contain fiber to help good flora. In supplement form, this good fiber is called a prebiotic and helps the good bacteria to grow. Without it, good bacteria will just move right through your system and not actually colonize. 5. Keep the colon cleansed. Bowel movements are really important. I talk about them all day long. Healthy bowels should have a good, complete elimination at least once a day. One of the main reasons for constipation in my office is dehydration. You should drink at least your 8 glasses of 8 ounces of water a day. That's 64 ounces in total of just water or herbal tea. It's not a recommendation, but for good health, it's a minimum requirement. Many times I have my patients drink even more water than that. I like to start out every morning with 32 ounces of warm water with half of a lime or lemon squeezed in for a variety of reasons. It hydrates the body, it boosts the immune system, and helps flush out toxins the liver dumps into the colon from the night before. That's how the body gets rid of toxins. Toxins find their way to the liver and the liver detoxes them. The liver has to move them into the intestines through the gallbladder duct. The toxins can also find their way to the kidneys where they get filtered out to the bladder and excreted out through the urine. Elimination is so important for a healthy body. When thinking about the liver and detoxing, also want to mention take an antibiotic only if necessary and only when you supplement with a probiotic for antibiotics kill good and bad gut flora, leaving your microbiome a mess afterwards. So to replenish, we want to put the good flora in. You would take the antibiotic and later in the day, separate, you would take three probiotic away from it. If Because if it's taken with the antibiotic, the medicine will just kill the probiotic as well. And that's not what we want. One of the main reasons for a yeast infection or candida is antibiotic use, and we want to be able to prevent that from occurring. Six, drink celery juice. When I recommend it to my patients, I usually recommend 16 ounces on an empty stomach and not to be mixed with any other juice, just pure celery juice. Besides boosting the immune system, fighting bacteria and viruses, it's a great anti-inflammatory 
because it starves the pathogens that cause inflammation and disease. It also contains tons of minerals that act together to keep the body functioning optimally and help kill disease. It's also an amazing detox for the kidneys and adrenals and also helps digestion by raising hydrochloric acid in our gut. I've also seen celery juice be great for clearing out the skin. So if you have any acne, eczema, I would definitely try celery juice. Number seven, get muscle tested for a probiotic supplement. For a good quality probiotic should contain at least lactobacillus and bifidus bacteria. There are a number of good probiotics on the market and some are poorly made. So it's best to get muscle tested to figure out what you specifically need. I have about six different probiotics in the office to cover a variety of different types of situations. And you also want to make sure that your probiotic doesn't have any binders, fillers, or corn in it. Sometimes people actually feel worse when taking a probiotic because the body needs to detox or kill bad flora first before actually trying to add healthy bacteria into the body. If that has happened to you, it is best to first do a cleansing program with a healthcare practitioner. In the office, we also test to see if a prebiotic is needed with the probiotic in order to maintain the good bacteria. Now let's talk about water. Again, back to the basics. We talked about drinking the 64 ounces of water as a minimum requirement. Sometimes I have patients do even more than that, three or four liters a day. But it's also what type of water is important. Now, that topic can be really tricky because there's so much information out there about toxins in your water, the chemicals in plastic water bottles, the confusion about water filters. So I'm here to clear that all up for you. There was a specific three-year study conducted by the Environmental Working Group, which found 316 chemicals and metals in our water, which was really scary. If you want more details, I'll put the study and link in the description These toxins were found in our water supply and in water bottles. You need to know that drinking water out of plastic containers actually disrupts the function of the body, lowers our immune system, and wreaks havoc on our hormones. The most common toxins found in our water is atrazine, which is an herbicide used on food that runs off the food into our water stream. Lead can be found in water from old piping, which affects our nervous system and brain function. Chlorine, which they use to kill bacteria, but it actually affects our lymphatic system. And fluoride, which is a neurotoxin affecting the brain, even though it's added to our water to protect our teeth. You want water that is fluoride-free, and you want to not drink it out of plastic water bottles to the best of your ability. Filtering out the water is really of utmost importance. There's lots of different water filters out there. The one that I love the most that I think is best for your money is a Berkey water filter. And we also understand that it's not always easy to have filtered water around you. But the best bottled water that I have seen and muscle tested in order is one Mountain Valley Spring, which you can find in glass bottles. Voss water, which you can also find in glass water bottles. 
three, Fiji water, which unfortunately is only in plastic water bottles, but does test well. Volvic plastic water bottles and Evian plastic water bottles. So when you're in a crunch and you need to buy water and plastic, those are my three I would suggest. Fiji, Volvic, and Evian. Now let's go from water to milk. Now conventional cow's milk can be so much stress on the digestion system. The component of dairy that harms your gut is a certain protein called A1 casein. Also, the pasteurization process destroys vital enzymes, making sugars like lactose very difficult to digest. For this reason, the only cow milk I recommend to my patients is raw dairy or A2 milk. A2 milk is a certain cow's milk that mostly lacks the A1 casein protein that's hard for people to digest. Instead, it has a protein called A2. Now, when we look at the protein of milk, about 30% of it is made from casein, and A1 and A2 are different types of casein proteins. Historically, cows produce milk that only contain the A2 protein, but somehow down the line of genetic evolution, we now have cows that produce both A1 and A2 proteins and our bodies haven't made the evolution with it. So our bodies have a hard time digesting milk that has A1 proteins in it. The percentage of A1 and A2 proteins varies between different type of cows and between different countries. While African and Asian cattle continue to produce milk with only A2 protein, the A1 version of protein is common in the Western world. Goat, sheep, water buffalo, and human breast milk all contain only A2 proteins. During the breakdown of A1 proteins in the gut, studies show that it slows down digestion and triggers inflammation causing bloating, gas, abdominal pain, diarrhea, and constipation. If those symptoms sound familiar of those of lactose intolerance, it's because they are. Many people actually think that they're lactose intolerant when it could just be that they have trouble breaking down the A1 protein. So there was a company in New Zealand in 2000 that started making milk that only contained the A2 protein. It's now on the market. It's called A2 milk and it can be found in your local grocery store. For another health tip, red raspberry leaf is known for its effect on fertility. The leaves of red raspberry plant are believed to cure infertility in both men and women. I suggest drinking a cup of red raspberry leaf tea a day for best results. I also use red raspberry leaf tea to help regulate menstrual cycles, whether the cycle is too long or too short. And it's great while pregnant too because it helps tone the uterus decrease nausea, and ease labor pains. I also use it afterwards in postpartum for breastfeeding mothers because it helps increase milk production. So I also wanted to take the time on this podcast to share with you my daily smoothie. It's an extra superfood smoothie that I drink five days a week for breakfast. It has cachava pea protein, a big handful of spinach, a half of an avocado, a chunk of ginger, 
a tablespoon of turmeric with a dash of black pepper, a tablespoon of cinnamon, a tablespoon of MCT oil, a tablespoon of cocoa powder, one teaspoon moringa, one tablespoon raw spirulina, and a fourth a cup of blueberries. Kachava is a pea protein with tons of superfoods in it. I love it because it actually tastes great too. You can buy it online, and sometimes I use an alternate because I realize that if I constantly do the kachava, my body starts to not like it. So again, it's about rotating. So I use an alternate with a grass-fed collagen protein. I add spinach for the iron and the calcium. I add the avocado for healthy fats and also to make the smoothie creamy. A chunk of ginger helps with digestion, boosts the immune system, and reduces inflammation. The turmeric with a dash of black pepper is because the turmeric has curcumin in it, which is a well-known anti-inflammatory, and it works 10 times better with black pepper. I use cinnamon in my smoothie because it helps stabilize blood sugar, which is what I want for steady, good energy throughout the day. I add the cocoa. Cocoa, believe it or not, is a superfood. There's over 700 known compounds in it. And of particular interest is the antioxidants. Antioxidants are compounds that plants manufacture to prevent their own cells from premature destruction due to exposure of heat, light, air, moisture. And in the human body, many of these compounds prevent our cells from being destroyed as well. Cocoa is especially rich in polyphenols, which is a certain type of protective antioxidant compound. Polyphenols are found in other foods as well, but of all the foods, cocoa has the highest antioxidant polyphenol content. I use MCT oil in my smoothie, for it has ketones in it, which are unique energy-producing molecules made from fatty acids. Our bodies can make them from stored fat or from MCTs. Ketones feed all the cells of the body, but in particular, they're fuel for the brain, which of course I need in the morning. MCT oil works like this because it crosses the blood-brain barrier. MCT oil is good for weight loss and lowers blood sugar naturally. Be careful with the brand of MCT oil you purchase. Make sure it's of good quality because sometimes the purity isn't always the best. Now, moringa is a certain plant that I add to my smoothie for hormone support, and it's also really good at fighting cancer. Raw spirulina is blue-green algae, and the best way to get all the good nutrients is by eating it raw. I get mine from rawlivingspirulina.com. I'll leave the link in the description because it's raw and still alive. It is the freshest, purest, most delicious spirulina on the planet. It's not dehydrated. It's not heated or processed in any way. It's harvested weekly and shipped from Florida directly to you within 24 hours to ensure its freshness and bioavailability. Wild blueberries I add in because they're packed with antioxidants as well. One cup of wild blueberries has more 
total antioxidant capacity than 20 other fruits and vegetables, including cranberries, strawberries, and regular blueberries. They're amazing. And I actually forgot to mention that instead of just adding water to the smoothie, I do about half water and half coconut water. It is also high in antioxidants and has electrolytes, specifically potassium. I think of coconut water as nature's sports drink. So whenever you feel like you want to grab a Gatorade, grab coconut water instead. Any dehydration issues, any headaches, try coconut water. Besides hydration, coconut water has been shown to benefit people with blood pressure issues and blood sugar issues. Besides the electrolytes, I add it to my smoothie because it has a way of enhancing the effect of the other superfoods so I can get even more nutrition out of my morning shake. I only drink one type of coconut water, Harmless Harvest. The other two days a week, I make myself buckwheat groats. It's like oatmeal, but even more nutritious. It's truly one of my favorite healing foods. Despite its name, buckwheat is not wheat, but it's a nutrient-dense, gluten-free seed that is high in both protein and fiber. Its health benefits include cholesterol-lowering, helps with blood pressure, improve digestion, and relieve constipation. Buckwheat is anti-inflammatory because it has rutin in it, which has been shown to help reduce the severity of arthritis and other inflammatory diseases. Buckwheat also promotes strong hair as well as healthy-looking skin. You can also use buckwheat flour in muffins and breads. Buckwheat pancakes is one of my favorites. Another very medicinal thing to add into your diet would be bone broth. There's a South African proverb that says, A good broth can raise the dead. There is a reason why we eat soup when we are sick. A real bone broth has been simmered for hours to leach all the minerals and vitamins out of the bone, making it liquid gold for our immune system. There are other great benefits to drinking bone broth on a daily basis. If you slow cook the bone, it draws out the collagen, marrow, and other healing elements from the bones, including amino acids, minerals, glycine, and gelatin, which helps heal the gut, supports your joints, and reduce inflammation for the whole body. Now, collagen is the protein matrix in bones, and it's broken down during the cooking process into gelatin. Gelatin is the reason that properly prepared bone broth congeals in the fridge. This gelatin has in it the raw materials to rebuild your own connective tissue, tendons, and ligaments. When using bone broth to heal the body, drink one cup a day on an empty stomach in the morning is preferable. Every day is key to the body using all the good nutrition from the broth to really heal. Drink it for at least four weeks straight to see the benefits. Lectins are a specific compound in certain fruits and vegetables that can cause inflammation in the body for certain people. So sometimes following a lectin-free diet could actually really help lower the inflammation. It's not for everybody. The best way to know if avoiding lectins would make a difference in your health is to get muscle tested to see how your body responds to lectins. 
So for now, I think that's enough health tips. And next week, I'll do a part two. Talk to you then.